We're talking about hearing God. Why would God want to talk to me? Why in the world would God want to talk to me? The psalmist asked a question, Lord, who are we that you would be mindful of us? You know what that means? Who are we that you would even give us a thought? Who are, you, who are we that you would even think about us? So God, uh, when we look at how awesome he is, and we don't even know how awesome he is, in our little finite minds, we can only imagine his awesomeness. And the psalmist gets a little glimpse of that glory and says, God, when I get just a little glimpse of your glory, I can't even figure out why you would even think about us, much less speak to us, much less talk to us. Why would God want to talk to us? Here's why. Here's why. Because he wants an intimate relationship with us, and there is no way to have an intimate relationship with anybody if there's no communication. If there's no communication. Think about your marriage. Think about your children. Think about your family. God has chosen to speak to us so he can have an intimate relationship with us. In the book of Luke chapter 8 and verse 8, you remember what Jesus said? He said, if you've got ears, whoever's got ears, let him hear. If you've got ears, listen up. Put your ears on. Jesus tells a story in Luke 8, and that, that is the foundational passage of Scripture that we're going to draw from as we go through this sermon series. But in Luke 8, Jesus is saying, let me explain to you that receiving from me or receiving from God or hearing from my Father or hearing from the Holy Spirit is all about your mental attitude. It's all about the attitude of your heart. Now, there are four essential factors, four essential factors that will determine whether or not you're able to hear God's voice with clarity. We talked about one last week, and we'll mention it in just a minute. But right before we do, let me tell you why it's important that you hear from God. Everybody say this with me. It is important that I hear from my Creator. We want our Creator to speak to us. Our Creator wants to speak to us. That's a pretty good combination that if we'll put those two things together and begin to seek him, get our heart right, get our mind right, then we're going to hear from God. Why is it so important to hear from him? Because you need direction. You need guidance in your life. Did you know Jeremiah, the old prophet, said it is not in man to know the way he should go? It's not in you. It's not in you to know the way you should go. So there is one who made us who knows the way we should go, but if we're not communicating with him, if we're not allowing him to communicate with us, then we're not going to know where to go. But when we hear from God, if we get tuned into God, he can direct us. Here's a, here's a reason I like to hear from God, because he keeps me from making as many mistakes in my life. Evidently, in Florida last week, I wasn't hearing from God because I went some places I should have never gone. Universal Studios. <laughs> now, I know you parents out there, you're young, you know, you got those little kids, it's great to go with them, but I actually saw some young couples out there who 
had a little screaming kids, so I think they weren't real happy they were there either. But anyway, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother deal. But he can keep you from making mistakes. Now, I don't know about you, but I make mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. I make some whoppers sometimes. Sometimes I make mistakes because I'm really not aware of what's the best thing to do. And sometimes I make mistakes because I'm stubborn. And y'all look so holy when I say that, I'm telling you. Here's the good thing about God. Whether you go into a storm that is your fault or whether God sends you into a storm, you know God will send you into a storm. There are illustrations in the scripture where God sent his disciples into a storm. Wasn't their fault. He just sent them into a storm. Sometimes God will send you into a storm. Y'all with me? But even when you get in a storm and it's your fault, y'all remember Jonah? Remember Jonah? Jonah was in a storm, and whose fault was that? Not God's. God didn't send him into it. He sent himself into that one. I got to tell you, sometimes I'm the disciple that God sent into a storm, and sometimes I'm Jonah that sends myself into a storm. Here's the good thing about God. He'll be with you in both storms. He'll be with you in both storms. Isn't that good? Isn't that good news today? Because some of you guys are sitting here right now and you're in a storm. And you're the reason. You're in the storm. What I'm saying is that when you hear from God, when you allow God to communicate with you, you're communicating with him in prayer He's communicating with you through the Word and the Spirit. When you hear from Him, you make less mistakes. You are in less storms. So everybody say it now with me. I need need to hear from God. We all do. We all need to hear from God. It's very, very important. So when we hear from Him, He can direct us, keep us from making mistakes. He can comfort us when we're anxious. He can bring comfort to us. He can show us his presence in our life. When we thought he wasn't there, he'll show us his presence. He'll show us his power, his provision. In Luke 8, Jesus is basically telling them about a farmer. He's using a farmer as an illustration who goes out to sow seed, and his seed lands on different kinds of soil. The seed being God's word to us, God speaking to us, our hearts being the different kinds of soil. You know, back in that day, a farmer wore a little um, pouch on his side. It's like a man purse, one of those man purse deals. (laughs) Anyway, um, he would wear that and he would dip his hand there and get that seed and he he would scatter it. He would broadcast the seed, and there were rows that you walked down, and some of the seed would fall on those rows that were made to walk down. He talks about that soil, and uh, he talks about how some of the seeds fall on bad soil, and some of the seeds fall on good soil. And uh, Jesus says there are four soils that are represented, four kinds of spiritual mindsets that are represented, four kinds of heart conditions that are mentioned here in the Scripture, not four kinds of people now, because all of us individually 
have had all four kinds of these hearts. Y'all with me? Uh, He's not talking about four different kinds of people. He's talking about you having four different kinds of soil as your heart where where the seed lands. So what do I have to do? Sometimes, you know, our heart is open to receive. Sometimes our heart is closed. Sometimes our heart is soft and absorbent to the Word of God. And sometimes our heart is hard. And that's what we looked at last week. What do I have to do to hear from God? We're still in review. Look at number one. We talked about this last Sunday. First of all, he said, I have to prepare my mind. I have to prepare my mind to receive. And then you're not going to see the scripture up on the screen because I didn't want to bombard you with a bunch of slides. But I want you to listen to me as I read this from the Bible. Luke chapter 8 and verse 5, Jesus says, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. In other words, that seed that he sowed did not fall on on the soil that had been prepared you, you farmers, you, you folks who do gardens, you know what I'm talking about. You prepare the soil to receive the seed. You prepare the soil to receive the rain. You prepare the soil to receive the fertilizer. You, you break it up. You till the ground so that when it rains, so that when the seed is sown, it will go into the soil, it will germinate, and it will sprout and bring forth fruit. Listen to me. Here's what I'm talking about preparation you have to seek the face of God in prayer that he would prepare your heart so he says in Luke 8 5 a sower went out to sow his seed and as he sowed some fell by the wayside and some was trampled down because it fell in the row where he's walking and the birds saw it and they came along and devoured it. Now Jesus takes Luke 8, 5 and then he explains it to us in verse 12. He said, those along the path are like people. Jesus says in Luke 8, 12, the soil and that seed and all of that that he just told in that parable is like people who hear and then the devil comes, bird, the devil comes along, takes away the word from their hearts so they cannot believe and be saved. And so we talked about the hard heart, hardness, the hardness of the heart. And then we looked at three things that cause us to have a closed mind. Do you all remember what those three were? Who remembers one? Pride. What's the second one? Fear. Next one? Exactly. Bitterness. Those are the things that can cause us not to be able to hear. And I would encourage you, if you didn't hear that message, to drop your pride. Don't be afraid. Rid yourself of bitterness and go listen to it. All right? All right, here's what we're going to talk about today. The second reason, the second reason or the second uh, thing that you have to do to hear from God, the second thing you have to do is stop giving God your leftovers. Stop giving God your leftovers. You've got to slow 
down. And you have got to plan God into your schedule. Because you know what God's getting from most of us? For most of us, God's getting leftovers. If we have some extra time, if we have some time, if things go well, if I get in all my other stuff, then I might be able to take five minutes to think about God. Five minutes to read from the Scripture, two and a half maybe praying, two and a half reading the Scripture, five minutes maybe I can. We schedule... How many of y'all have an online calendar? You have an online calendar. Okay, how many of y'all have a, have a, you're old school, you got the old hard copy calendar, you got that. Listen to me, listen to me. Put God in it. Write his name in there. You say, I'm telling you, Pastor, I don't have time. Get up 15 minutes earlier. You say, I don't know if I can get up 15 minutes earlier. You could if you had to catch a plane to go on vacation. Trust me. You can get up earlier. You can have time for God, but you got to be determined. Now listen, you can't sit around and whine about God never speaks to me if you don't ever have God in your schedule. If all God's ever getting is your leftovers, you're rarely to never going to hear from him directly about your individual life. I'm calling on you today. I'm challenging you today. I'm challenging myself. I'm challenging my home and my family. I'm challenging Farrell Hardison, your pastor. I'm challenging my staff. I'm challenging my church board. I'm challenging our elders. I'm challenging our members, our owners. I'm challenging our volunteers, our leaders, our ministry directors. I'm challenging our small group leaders. Listen, we can't do God's business if we're not spending time with God. We're never going to hear from God if all God ever gets is our leftovers. So I'm calling on you today. You schedule vacations. You schedule doctor's appointments. If you're single and you get a date, you don't forget that, do you? You schedule dates. If you're married and you're scheduling dates, that's a whole nother problem unless you're scheduling them with your spouse and you should be doing that. And the women said, <laughs> you, you schedule time to do your homework if you're going to be a good student. We schedule time for everything else. Why can't we get God in our schedule? Why do we not schedule time for God in our day? Is God just getting what's left over? So the second reason that a lot of people never hear God speak is because we're in too much of a hurry. I mean, we're, we're notoriously in a rat race. Um, I'm not a big NASCAR fan. Go, Jeff Gordon. But I'm not a big NASCAR fan. I'm not a big NASCAR fan. But when I drive on Highway 70, that's close to it, isn't it? Isn't it amazing when y'all get done with church here and you pull out there on Whitley Church Road and you turn left, you go to 70? Isn't it amazing? I've got a helmet that I put on now when I pull out on 70. Pull that thing over me, you know. 
and most of the time I'm leading. <laughs> um, <laughs> y'all, I've had some people uh, who are coming to church in the morning going, man, you are a crazy driver. Uh, I have to get to the house of God to be blessed. We, we are, we're notorious for being in a hurry. The, a recent American demographic study revealed this. Listen to this. Juice in jars is now outselling concentrate juice because it takes too long for the concentrate to thaw out. <laughs> the Americans don't want to thaw anything out. You know, even overnight mail. I mean, I used to think, seriously, I can take my mail to the post office and give them some extra money and they will have it to the people by tomorrow. But what do we call that now? Snail mail. We call that snail mail because now we have email, electronic mail. And we want to write our message and send it and we want you to get it right now. As a matter of fact, texting drives me crazy. I mean, somebody texts you, you're in a meeting or you're doing something, you get a text 30 seconds later going, where are you? I just text you. Where are you? You got to text me back. I mean, we just don't have any patience. Everything's got to be done right now. We live in a constant, hurried lifestyle. And when we do, God gets shortchanged. God gets shorts changed. God gets shuffled to the back of the deck. And he gets our leftovers if we happen to have any. Let's go this week. Last week we were in Luke 8, 5. This week let's go to Luke 8, 6. And he's going to talk to us about the next kind of soil. Jesus says in Luke 8 and 6, and this is on the screen, if you want to follow along or you have your Bible with you, Jesus said, other seed that the sower was sowing, and the seed is a picture of God's word to us, other seed fell on what? Shallow soil with rock beneath. This seed began to grow, but soon withered and died for lack of moisture. Then Jesus goes to Luke 8, 13 and gives us a explanation or really more of an application. Let's go to that verse, Luke 8, 13. He says, those on the rock, those seeds that landed on the rock are the ones who received the word with joy. They received the word with joy when they hear it, but those seeds never took root. They have no root. And the reason they have no root they believe it for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. How many times have we seen this? Over and over and over in the church. So the hardened soil that we talked about last week represents the closed mind. The shallow soil that we're talking about this week represents the superficial mind. There's no depth. When Jesus talks about rocky soil, don't misunderstand what he's talking about there. He's not talking about soft soil mixed with a bunch of hard rocks. That's not what he's talking about. Um, in much of the Middle East and 
especially in Israel, that nation is actually built on a bedrock of limestone. About, there's about three or four inches of topsoil in Israel, and right under that little thin layer of topsoil is this, in most areas of Israel, is this hard bedrock of limestone. And this means that roots can only get down two or three inches. So when summer comes and the heat is on, the plants that have been, or the seeds that have been sown into that soil and the plants that are beginning to grow won't last. They will wither and die because they don't have a developed root system. The bedrock underneath that thin layer of topsoil just will not allow the plants to grow deep roots. And Jesus is saying that this soil is a picture of the superficial type of hearer. Are y'all with me out there? He hears the word of God. This, this particular sermon today is talking about that guy, that gal who hears the word of God. It sprouts up a little bit. I mean, they get all excited about it, but then it doesn't last when the heat is on. When the heat is on. That's why when we see new Christians and they're so excited and they put us to shame, their zeal and their excitement and their fire for God and their uh, fire to serve God, that's why we want to very quickly get them in our new believers class, our fresh start class, and help them get some roots down because we know this story in the Bible. Those of us who are seasoned Christians who have been serving the Lord for a long time, we know that excitement's a wonderful thing, but excitement isn't enough, is it? Those of you who are seasoned believers, you've been walking in Jesus for a while, you love to see that excited new Christian, but you know, you know that excitement and zeal isn't enough because you know that when the heat is on, when the problems come, if there aren't other Christians there to nurture them, if there aren't other believers there to help them, they will wither and they will fall away. And sometimes we hear God's voice. And I'm not just talking about in a Bible study. I mean, you, you in your private time, in your quiet time, in your meditation time, you believe God is speaking to you. I mean, you're not just getting that Logos word, that word from the written word, which is so important that you get that, but you know God has spoken you a word out of that word. Are y'all with me on that? He has spoken you a rhema word, a word that applies to you out of his written word. And when you experience that for the very first time, you are so excited because you come to the realization that, hey man, God does speak to us. God does speak. And I know God's speaking to me, but sometimes, listen carefully, we get superficially moved. We get superficially moved and we react to that emotionally rather than focusing on the message he's speaking to us and the purpose of that message from him in our life and where he's leading us. We're a little bit impulsive and we never give God's message the chance like seed to take root in our lives and the time to sink down into our heart. 
can't tell you how many people have told me, Pastor, I was so moved by your message. I mean, I have preached here before. One of, the, one of the reasons I leave the altar at the end of the service and shoot around is because I like, to, I like to greet people, I like to speak to people as they're leaving. And I've had people come up to me outside with tears flowing down their face saying things like, Pastor, that message, that message stirred my heart. I mean, they could hardly talk to me. I was really touched. I was moved to tears today. But you know what? I look around and I don't see them after that. I get, I get excited. I'll even share with the staff on Tuesday morning. I say, man, I saw a guy, a guy came out and was just weeping and saying he'd been away from God and running away from God. And, and, and man, he said the music touched him. He said the message touched him. He said the video touched him. He said that, that he was touched. He was, right, was going to get right. He was going to get back in the church. And, and I'm thinking of a particular situation right now. I don't even know the person's name. And I remember at staff meeting how excited we were about that. And I don't know that I've seen that person since that day because he was only superficially moved. He was only moved emotionally. There's no perceivable change in his life after that experience. And you know what I believe? I believe God spoke to him that day. I believe God spoke directly to him that day and called him to himself. And I believe he was moved by hearing God's voice but it did not, he did not give it time to take root. People like that keep living the same way after their emotional experience. They get excited, but they don't do anything about it. They don't take the next step. And as a result, their relationship with God is shallow. It's very superficial, has no roots. Because i got to tell you something, I don't know about you guys, but I can be in here on a Sunday and I can just feel um, the glory bumps from the time I walk in to the time. Y'all know what glory bumps are, by the way? I mean, I just sense God from the time I walk in to the time I leave. I'm sensing God through you and your love and, and greeting you and just being with people out in the foyer and saying hello to everybody. And then you come in here and Pastor Jared and uh, Pastor Matt and their team of worship leaders have prayed. The choir has prayed. They're ready. They sing. I've just got glory bumps all over the place. And, and, uh, and I got to tell you, though, when you leave this campus, it doesn't take long before you are out there in secular world. Amen? I mean, it doesn't take long before you're out there. Um, and it's so easy to forget what you were just experiencing in the worship center. And that's what people think. And this is where people get mixed up. And this is where people get messed up in their walk with God. They think that what they experience in here with a bunch of believers who are receptive to the Spirit and receptive to God moving and receptive to the Word of God. I mean, I mean, there may be some people in here right now who are resisting the worship and resisting the preaching. And, and maybe there are people sitting in here right now who say, I don't even believe what you're saying. I'm just here because somebody... Bug the daylights out of me, so I'm here today. And, but i got to tell you, there are so many people receptive in this room that it overwhelms those who are not receptive. And so we love this environment. But I'm going to tell you, when you walk out of here and get back out there, you're the minority out there. You might be the majority in here, but you're the minority out there. And if you don't have, if you don't, 
if you don't strategize, if you don't schedule God into your day, if you don't discipline yourself to schedule God, schedule his word, schedule prayer, schedule times of meditation, if you don't schedule that in your life, you might get the glory bumps when you're in here, but you won't have them any other time in your life. You'll never sense his presence any other time. And when the heat's on, you'll wither. When the heat's on, you won't last. It's important that we make time for God. I love those people who go, man, that was awesome preaching. I, mean, I, remember, one, I remember one guy. I, I'm so glad that the people I think about that their image doesn't come up on the screen. That's, I just thank God for that. Years ago at the other campus, at the Goldsboro campus, we have a, we have a church in Goldsboro that meets on Thursday night. I preach there. For those of you who don't know, we have the same music, same kids' ministry, everything in Goldsboro on Thursday night. By the way, let me just advertise that a little bit. I know in the summer you're going to the beach. I know y'all are. I used to preach against it, but then you started letting me use your places down there at the beach. And <laughs> so I quit preaching on it. So what we decided to do was instead of, uh, instead of just harping on you not going to the beach, and you going, I'm going. Um, we decided to create a service on Thursday night so you can have some church. The same sermon that I'm preaching here today, I will preach Thursday night at the other campus. So we hope you'll remember that during the summer and make sure you get out there and, and catch that service if you miss one here. But I remember a guy at that campus, and he and his wife, they came, they gave their heart to Christ, and I think they had, had really were Christians, but they had just gotten away, and they came back and got back in church and got back with God. And I remember him just weeping after the service and saying, man, I just haven't ever heard the Word of God in a way I could really comprehend it and understand it. And, you know, he was just my best buddy, and um, he was just coming up just affirming. And then I preached on giving. He had the same reaction some of y'all having right now because you're scared I'm about to preach on it now. I preached on finances. I preached on money. I preached on what God said about money. And I looked around. He wasn't there for a few weeks, and I gave him a call, and he said, yeah. He said, I, I, I'm not going to be a part of a church that all they talk about is money. You know how often we preach on money? You know how often we talk about money in this church? About six Sundays a year, we talk about money. See, when you're shallow, when you're superficial, when your roots aren't down deep, you like the word you like and you resist the word you don't like. But when you get your roots down deep, even when the heat is on, you will stand strong and stay faithful. So why is it that we don't experience permanent life change when we hear God's voice? Recently, the United States Air Force did a study and found that we forget 90 to 95% of everything we hear within a 72-hour period. Now that makes me feel just great. Did you hear what I just said? 
you forget 90 to 95% of everything you hear within a 72-hour period. You know why I know that's true? Because sometimes people will go, what you preached two Sundays ago? And I'll go, man, I'm going to need to look back and see. I, I can't remember what I preached two Sundays ago. I mean, if you want a statistic that will depress a pastor, that's it right there. You know, we pastors, we labor to produce those magnificent masterpiece sermons. Realizing that by Wednesday you've already forgot about it, except for maybe 5% of you, and the reason you remember it is because you wrote it down, because you believe that the shortest pencil is better than the longest memory. The weakest ink is better than the strongest memory. Writing it down, you take notes. If you, if you don't write it down, you're going to forget it. If you forget it, you can't work on it. If you don't write it down, you're going to forget it. And if you forget it, you can't work on it. That's why we put our sermons online. So you can go and listen to them again. If you don't get to take notes on a Sunday morning because of our awesome media team, you can go and download the free podcast and listen to the message and take your time and take the notes and walk through the sermon. But i got to tell you something, guys. i got to be honest with you. You know, you know I'm going to be transparent with you. It's a problem for me, too. I go to pastor's conferences. This church is so good to me. Uh, recently, I was blessed to go to um, uh, Andy Stanley's church in Alpharetta, Georgia, for his drive conference. It was fantastic. And I heard some things that really spoke to me, and I thought, I, as a matter of fact, I'll be honest with you, I really heard God speak to me about some things and I, I really sense God saying, Pharaoh, you need to really work on that for your own life and for the ministry at the bridge. And I thought, you know, God, you're right. I really do need to work on that area in my life. And I was motivated while I was at that conference, and I was charged up, and I was fired up. And uh, I had Pastor Scott with me and another pastor, uh, uh, Dwayne Willard from uh, Pikeville uh, Living Waters Church over there. And we were together, and we were all excited. And we'd go out to eat at night, and we'd talk about it. And we were excited about it, but somehow... Those notes I had taken, I just kind of put them away. As a matter of fact, when I came back from Florida yesterday, I was getting my stuff unpacked, and I found those notes from the drive conference that I had meant to work on immediately when I got back. And guess what? I'm just like you. I have the same challenge you do. I struggle just like you do. I, I hadn't done anything about those notes. I'd already forgotten what was, I was so excited about. I'd already forgotten what I was so motivated about. How many of you, how many of you, let me just give you a little test. How many of you would say that I accept and believe the Ten Commandments? Now, how many of you would like to come up here and quote those ten for us real quick? Just not that many. Not that many. And so we ask ourselves the question, if we can't even say what the Ten Commandments are, how can we say we base our life on them? How can we say we, we live by them if we don't know what they are? Listen to me. Listen, I'm going to get real practical here. Some of you are confused because you don't have the fire you had earlier at another time in your, in your beginning walk with Christ. You don't have that fire. Listen, let me tell you how to keep that fire. And I'm preaching to me here too. Let me tell you how to keep that fire. You've got to review to retain. You've got to review it to retain it. What did Jesus say? 
Jesus said, if the seed falls and it's, and it's left out in the open and it's exposed and it don't germinate inside of you, then what's going to come along? The birds, and then what did he call the bird? The devil's going to come along and what? Steal the seed. Steal that word from you. The enemy doesn't want you to have that word. He doesn't want you to get that word. You have to review, review, review in order to retain what God has said to you and if we don't do it, we're just kidding ourselves. How is it that people can come to church year after year and never really change? Have you, have you, don't point at anybody, but have you noticed that? Have you noticed people who have been in church for a long time, but their life is really kind of where it was years and years and years ago? Here's why, because it goes in one ear and right out the other ear. Again, Luke 8, 13 talks about that second kind of soil. They receive the word. He doesn't say that they didn't receive the word. Can we go back to that verse, guys? Luke 8, 13. I think it was the last one you had up there. Luke 8, 13. Look what he says about it. Those on the rock are the ones who what? They received the word. And how did they receive it? Joy. They were excited when they heard it. But they, those seeds, have no root. They believe it for a while, but they didn't review it. They thought, oh man, that's good enough. That's good. A lot of y'all are going to do that today if you're not careful. Maybe you were moved by the worship. Maybe you were moved or touched by this sermon, but I'm telling you, man, you've got to walk out of here with a discipline in your life that says, what pastor gave us today, I'm going to review that so I can retain that because I don't want it to just be on the surface of my life. I want it to have roots down deep in me. So you're going to have to do that. So they believe it for a while, but in the time, so here's, here's, when, it, here's when it is revealed. In the time of testing, they fall away. And you're going to get tested. You're going to get tested. Here's what Jesus is saying. You can be thrilled by the word without being transformed by the word. You can be thrilled by the word without being transformed by the word. So let's repeat something together. Dear God, Help me to be thrilled by your word. Help me to be transformed by your word. Hey, man, listen to me. This is going to be some bad English, but it's going to be good preaching. There ain't nothing wrong with the thrill, baby. How many of y'all like the thrill part of being a Christian? I love the thrill. I mean, sometimes I'm over there on the front row, and I just feel like somebody just hit me with some electricity. I know people watch me when I'm worshiping. I can't help it. My legs just start getting up high. When they start getting up high, that's God, because I can't do that without some help from Jesus. And so, I mean, I just, because that's the thrill and there's nothing wrong with the thrill, and I'm not putting down the thrill. As a matter of fact, I wish more of you were more thrilled. But we want to go beyond the thrill to transformation so that when the heat comes, 
when the testing comes that we keep on having a green leaf and we keep on bearing fruit and there might not be any moisture in the top of that soil but we're all right because our roots go way down there where the water is. Amen, amen. That's good preaching right there. I, I felt like a little T.D. Jakes coming up in me right there. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. That's my T.D. Jakes. I'll walk out and say that and y'all go, get ready for what? Um, so what do we do? Let's get practical. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. When you're doing a Bible study, take notes. As a matter of fact, when you're reading your Bible, when you're doing a Bible study, you want to have notes. Uh, listen, here's what I'd do. If I was sitting out there where y'all are right now, I'd have me a little piece of paper where I'm taking notes of what pastor's saying, but then I'd have this other piece of paper over there on the side in case God said something straight to me. I mean, when I was at the uh, Andy Stanley Seminar uh, Conference, uh, the Drive Conference, I was writing down stuff that, that he had blanks, you know, and he had a piece of paper and blanks, and I was filling all those. But, but over to the side, there was this little margin. I was writing down stuff God was giving me about the church and giving me about my own personal life. You got to have you, you got, when you walk in here, walk in here with your, with your stuff. Walk in here. I mean, how do you go to class without a textbook? Bring your Bible with you. Say, yeah, but you're going to have it on the screen. I know, but you, you know, this stuff could blow up and we wouldn't have it on the screen. Have your Bible with you. And then if you don't have your Bible with you, you can do like you normally do and get your phone out and pretend the Bible's on that. Now, I know it is. Most of you. <laughs> But write it down, write it down, write it down. Take notes. Go back and review. I'm preaching to Farrell here. Some people may be able to say, I've been a Christian for 27 years. And when they say, I've been a Christian for 27 years, a lot of them, you know what they're saying? They're, they're saying, I've got 27 years of experience, but I know them well enough to know they don't have 27 years of experience. They have one year of experience 27 times. I wrote that in for the second service. I want y'all to enjoy that right there for you. you. You know what I mean? I know people who have been in the church and been Christians a long time, but they are very, very little have they grown in their maturity in the Lord. So let me just close with this. Here's the challenge. Here's the challenge I'm putting before us today. We need to schedule time on our calendar Set it aside. If you, had a, if you had a lump under your arm the size of a golf ball and you had a doctor's appointment tomorrow, is there anything that would keep you from that doctor's appointment? You ought to look at, you ought to look at the health of yourself spiritually more seriously than you look at the health of yourself physically. But we don't. But you can so you got to schedule time every day where you sit down with your Bible, you read, you think. That's why we have a bookstore. Our bookstore is not to sell you books and make money. We don't make any money in the bookstore. We go in the hole in the bookstore. The reason we have the bookstore is because we want to put tools in your hands so you can go home. Because i got to tell you something, man. If the only thing you're getting from God is here on Sunday morning, you are anemic. You are anemic spiritually. You go, but pastor, 
you know, I appreciate your messages. And Well, I appreciate that. I love filet mignon, but I'm going to eat more than once a week. I, I eat every day, two or three times a day. So you got to read, think about your life, read the Bible, think about your life. That book that I'm telling you guys goes with this sermon by uh, the Blackaby Brothers. I'm telling you, that's an awesome book on hearing God. I mean, you can walk through that book and look up the scriptures. For those of you who are just getting going in your Christian life, if you've never read The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, if you've never read that book, I'm telling you right now, if you'll read that book and look up the scripture references in that book while you're going through it, reading it, you will grow as a Christian. So I'm telling you, there's no excuse. There's no excuse for you not maturing and growing and getting your roots down as a Christian. Think about your life, review the lessons you've learned, write your thoughts down, and keep growing by reviewing. Now, here's another thing I've observed in my 23 years as your pastor, and I was adding up my years the other day, and I've almost been in the ministry 40 years. But I've seen a lot of people start off great. They first, when they first become believers, they get all excited and enthusiastic, and, and today you can't find them anywhere. As a matter of fact, there's a phenomenon in the church that I don't understand, and that is there are some people who are more faithful to the church, but if you ever baptize them and receive them in as members, owners, I don't know what the deal is. This guy, I heard a story about a church that had bats in the attic, and they did everything they were, they could to get rid of it, and they called this guy, he said, I can get rid of them. He came, and those bats were gone. I mean, they were gone. The, doctors, uh, the pastor said, what did you do? He said, I just took them in as members and baptized them. Have you ever seen that happen? Isn't that strange? Somebody will come to a church for a while, and then they come to dinner with the staff, come up here and become an owner, and, uh, um, you know, they commit and sell out and, and get baptized, you know? And then you're like, where'd they go? That's, it's just strange. It's like they had enthusiasm, but the excitement alone wasn't enough. It's not enough. It requires consistent commitment. Here's, here's what you have to do. You have to make the decision that I'm going to sit down and regularly review what I'm being taught and what I believe God is saying to me. Why should God, listen to this, listen to this. Why should God teach me new things if I haven't put into practice what he taught me last week or yesterday or last night? Why do people lack? Why do they lack a deep spiritual root system? Because they're guilty of taking time for everything else in their life and God gets the leftovers. That's why people are shallow. That's why people are so shallow. I, and I'm going to tell you something. That's why churches hurt people's feelings. That's why people get fried at church. Because they're not a Christian, they're not a believer in Jesus, but they go, well, I'm going to go out to the church because those people are following Jesus and they're walking in Christ, and so they come out to the church. Well, the fact is, most people sitting in most churches are about that deep, so if you don't treat them just right, they're going to, that carnality is going to come out. So then that lost person, that person who doesn't know Jesus, sees that person who does know Jesus act like a foolish person and... And they end up hurting that unbeliever. Am I making any sense here today? 
The reason we hurt people is because we're not, we're not walking in depth in Christ. So how do we get some spiritual roots down? We have to allocate time to listen. Now let me take you to an Old Testament scripture in this last thing. Let's go to the book of Jeremiah, and I'm going to stand right here and just close this service. Look what Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. This is, this is one of my favorite passages of scripture. If you've attended this church for any length of time, you know that I've gone here many times. Look what it says. Everybody say that first word. Blessed. If you want to say it in the King James, it's blessed. Blessed is the one who trusts in me alone. This is God talking. The eternal one will be his confidence. Now look at this next verse. Look at this. The guy who trusts God, the guy who trusts God, the guy who turns away from the world, puts his full trust in God, look what he's going to be like. He is like a tree planted by water, sending out its roots beside the stream of the Holy Spirit. It does not fear the heat or even drought. Its leaves stay green and it is dependable. Isn't that good? No matter what it... There's two things you've got to do to hear from God. We've talked about two of them. There's two more to go. The first one is, guys, you have got to cultivate an open mind. You've got to ask God to break up any crusty areas, hard areas that were caused by, what were those things? Pride, fear, bitterness. You've got to get that ground. You've got to prepare the soil you got to prepare the soil so that when the seed of God's Word and the rain of His Spirit comes, that that seed of the Word will germinate and grow and begin to produce fruit. The second thing you've got to do is you've got to stop giving God your leftovers. You've got to allocate on your calendar, on your schedule. You've got to make time for God in your life Every day. Spiritual maturity will never come to you. You have to go get it. You will not wake up one morning and go, I think I'm spiritually mature. You'll know it because you will work. You know the illustration I use all the time. The current of your own flesh, your own humanity, is away from God. The flow goes away from God. The current of this world flows away from God. To get to God, you've got to paddle. You've got to paddle. You do not drift toward God. You do not drift toward spiritual maturity. You do not drift toward excellence. You do not drift toward power. You do not drift toward provision. You do not drift toward God's presence. You've got to get up and go get it. But if you will, but if you will get up and go get it, you will find him right there saying it was worth it. 
it was worth it because I'm going to keep every promise I promised you. When I told you if you would pursue me, what would happen in your life? God goes, I'm going to keep every one of those promises because God don't lie. Get your paddle out and start paddling toward God. And then the enemy can't steal anything from you. And the people said, 